This is The Culture. Hello and welcome back to the Culture Wave Media Network. I am your host for this episode of Jersey's Finest, Darian Scalamoni. I am joined by Zach Miller. What's up? What's up? And for our third episode of Jersey's Finest, we have a very special guest here. She is a director, a writer, an assistant director, and her name is Annie Fleisch. Annie, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. This is something that we've been talking about for a little while now. We finally got you in studio. And this is special because Zach and I are good friends with Annie. Yes. And it's a very special time. For it us. is. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. Yes. Um, and the first thing I want to talk to you about, because you do work in film, as we do, and production in general, I always want to start with how did you first connect to film as a medium? Like, what was it basically that set you on your path on, of everyone has that, like, moment where it just something captures them and it brings them to a different level. So I'm curious what that is for you. Well, I think it all comes back to middle school. Honestly, I was always making those little iMovie trailers and I was always making my friends help out. I wasn't making them. They wanted to help too, but I was just just very intrigued about making little movies, entertainment. And I was also so infatuated by YouTube and movies and storytelling. And I think the first time it might have clicked for me was, I don't remember how old I was, maybe nine. I saw The Secret Life of Walter Mitty in the theaters. Mm -hmm. I was probably a little older than nine, actually. But I saw that movie, and for some reason, it just really touched my film soul, I guess, because I really liked the, the story of following your dreams and how something that seems so crazy doesn't have to be so crazy. So when I was applying to colleges, actually, I was writing my admissions essay about how I saw that movie and how it really sparked um, the film bug in me. So then um, I just really enjoyed it. And then when I was in middle school, I found out there was a local high school that had a magnet program, the Fine Performing Arts Academy. And just like Miller and you, Mm -hmm. uh, we all went to there. Yes, we did. Mm. So I submitted an application and you had to make a portfolio, which was a little video. And in the program, there was acting, dancing and film and music production. So the film and music production side is what I applied to and got in. And in high school, I was really able to explore film and storytelling. And that really cemented for me that I wanted to pursue it. So interesting, because even when you talk about the audition process for FPAC, which we'll dive into that more in a little bit, but my experience, I'm a little bit older than you are, but like when I was there, nobody submitted videos for, oh, for, really? for the vi- even the video program. Really? It was based on storyboarding. You so had to do a whole storyboard? I did, I did a storyboard for, I think, like basically three scenes of something that I came up with. Wow. So okay. how are your drawing skills? Not good. <laughs> uh, to be honest, it? everyone's going to hear this now. If, if Craig Churn is listening to this and everybody involved in FPAC, uh, my mother did the drawings. I came up with the idea. Oh, you so revealed. thank you, mom. You got me in. We're but I was revealed. waitlisted. I was waitlisted. Oh, plot twist. But it's okay. I got in. You did, yes, um, it worked out. But that's so interesting because so you you applied. What year was it when you applied? Um, well, my first year of high school was 2015. So it had to have been like 2013, 2014. Yes. Right? 2014 probably. I rem- if I remember correctly, I used to do competitive gymnastics. So I believe my video was a day in the life of a gymnast. Oh, that's a cute idea. Yeah. And I made it all on iMovie. I added in music. I think you could tell by watching it that I really cared and I put a lot of heart and effort into it. So that was probably what they saw. Okay. So you had a you had a real genuine interest even before you got into the video yeah, program. I guess so. Cause I really knew I, I wanted to get into that program and I guess I went the lengths to make that whole video. So I definitely knew it was something I was really interested in. Hmm. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about, um, what stood out to you with our arts program, like the teachers there specifically, they have a really good way of nurturing our, our students and letting them, um, mm-hmm. excel in their creativity. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with, uh, Scott Knapp. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Scott Napolitano. Scott Knapp. <laughs> <laughs> we all love him. He was the, or still is, the teacher for the video production classes in the program. Um, and he is really big on storytelling, which is important and really great because at the end of the day, you can have great audio, great visuals, great production design, all of that stuff. But if the story is bad, then the film is not good. 
And he really drilled that into us. And I think he was able to really pull out the best stories possible, even if we didn't have the best equipment or, you know, the best places to shoot at. We always were able to create really good stories. And mm -hmm. that that was really great. I really mm -hmm. love that nap. Push that all in us. Was there a storytelling device that either he influenced on you or something that you've come across in your years so far of working in general that has stuck with you and based on storytelling in general? Like a rule or like again, like something that mm. has you really try to hone in on every single time you work on a project from now on? Um, yeah. Well, the first thing that sticks to me is more of a technical aspect because I remember in high school, Nat taught us the thirds in camera. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I find when I'm directing, I really love to follow. I like using the thirds and putting a character here and having open space here. And I think it creates really dynamic imagery. Um, but when it comes to writing, I think he really talked about creating a good character and creating good character first will help you create a really good story. So I often try to follow that when I'm writing is just focusing a bit on the character, what their interests are, what they like, even if all of those components aren't going to be shown in the film. It's important for you as a writer and as a director to know the answer to all of those questions. So I think like also going from high school to college um, before we get into your college stuff like do you think um, it came with writing those characters and writing those stories that you started to see a more presented style like is there a style you would say you try to gravitate towards a little bit more in your storytelling yeah i think since i really prioritize a character i often find that my style focuses more on a character's face. I often like really close up images in the film where mm -hmm. a character might not even be saying anything, but you can really feel what they're feeling through their eyes and their face, like the emotion on their face. So I find that my style focuses a lot on that and human connection. So there will be a lot of hugging, touching, like just humanness in it. And I really think that the characters I focus on create a grounded story mm. so going into your um your time at sba what led to the choice in sba and and what gave you um the idea that you wanted to pursue more film in college too because there's a big separation between mm -hmm. high school and film school um and you know what what led to that creatively where you wanted to pursue it further in the industry yeah. In high school, I was always obsessed with the idea of going to the school in Manhattan. I mean, I grew up going to New York every once in a while for just day trips, seeing Broadway shows, all that stuff. And I loved it. But I think what really clicked was in early senior year of high school, NAP helped us with this program that the All-American High School Film Festival um, hosted. And it was uh, intensive. And you also did it your year. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically what the film festival does is they give you a prompt about eight or ten weeks out from when you need to shoot. So they give you a prompt, you are put on a team, and you go into New York and you have three days to shoot and edit it. And then it becomes of a really big film festival. So going to that event and doing all of that process in New York really cemented my love for filmmaking, specifically in New York. And I just loved the rush, the environment everything that comes with that. So when I was choosing schools, I knew that going to school in New York was really important for me. And when I toured SVA, I just loved it because they're so film centered. They really want you to learn all aspects of film. And from day one, it's super hands on, unlike other schools where they maybe wait a few weeks before you touch equipment or they make you make some gen eds before your film classes. But SVA is not like that. You have film classes day one and it's really great. So I knew after touring and visiting their facilities that I really wanted to go there. I think the I want to go back to All American really quick because yeah. I I didn't have a chance to do it when I was in FPAC. Yeah, but I feel I, like I could explain it better too. It might be a little <clears throat> no, but I I, I think that it, okay. it, I want to play to what you were just talking about in terms of the experience it gave you because even I went as an educator mm -hmm. after I was a substitute at Howell when I was teaching at Perth Amboy High School and. That was something that even for me being able and I like acted in their project because they needed somebody and I was like, sure, I'll do it, whatever. But being in that kind of environment where you were saying it's intensive and there's such a clear goal and such a desire and there's so much hard work 
placed on it even above what you would do in high school, even though it's like a high school project and festival, basically, mm-hmm. that it it's very inspiring for anybody. So anyone who's like Definitely. on the cusp of thinking about something, it kind of pushes you creatively to be in this whole different spectrum. Would you would you agree or I completely agree that doing this experience is a telltale sign if this is meant for you or not. Because you're under a lot of pressure. You have to work very quickly. You have to think very quickly. You have to troubleshoot. And it's just very a very intense experience. So I think you either come out realizing you love it or you don't like it as much as you thought you did. So yeah. I completely agree with I that. I think there's a really true sense of working together with your group. Definitely. Like in high school, at least like from my experience when I was an FPAC, I'm sure you guys have had this too. But like there were times where you would work with people just because they were your friends. And again, they might not take it as seriously as you do. So you're doing like more of the work than other people would do at All American. At least in my experience, I felt like everybody wanted to be a help and everybody had a role and everyone played to their role really well. And it kind of just made it feel like a legitimate film set. Hmm. So I don't know. That that for me was it was a cool. How was it for you, Zach? It was it was really cool. Um, It was the same thing. It was a team atmosphere. I feel like it was that first. you know, take at being on a film set. And um, even though it wasn't as organized or regimented as like our film sets that you did in college or even after the fact working on big stuff, it feels like it has that intense intensity to it. And then just the community that comes with it too is really cool. I loved like seeing all the films at the festival and like being involved in a festival for the first time too and seeing you know, just how people can come out and support films in that way. And then, you know, there was like the award ceremony they did for everyone, which was really fun. And that was that was a cool experience. So that was a really like similar to you, like good eye opening experience of, oh, this is a great transition from we're just we were making videos at one point and now we're getting graduated into filmmaking and that type of atmosphere. So, yeah. And you get to see your film be screened at the AMC in Times Square. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome. Cool. And yeah. you, you, you did that your junior year of high school or was it senior year? Um, it was both. So my junior year, I was just like an intern kind of observing what was going on, taking notes. So going into it the next year, I knew exactly what it was. and I just wasn't going into it blind. So yeah, junior year as an intern and then senior year as a director. And I feel that in, in Howell's school system, you, when you're in the program, you're in freshman to senior year, Mm -hmm. but I feel like when you get to that junior year, when you, we separate to some people go music and audio production, some go video, it's kind of this just whole different level. And even like mentally, if you are committed to doing it, it's just really different. Was it similar for you? I know it was for me. I don't know about Zach and you could definitely jump in whenever, but I'm curious, like was junior year the kind of stepping up point for you where you felt like it was a whole different thing? Yeah, I think junior year in general, besides all American, the projects that NAP gives us are a lot more elevated and a little bit more elegant than from freshman and sophomore year. So going into a junior year now with the people that have chosen to be there um it really kind of also cements the environment and what you like to do and also when you're on set what positions you like and then being on all american as a junior just getting to observe it all really made me super excited for the next year to actually be on the team or optimistically because there's no guarantee um so yeah yeah i think there's like also um Freshman and sophomore year was a nice time to get creative juices out and really express yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like you could do a project by yourself if you wanted to freshman and sophomore year. But when you got to junior and senior year, there was more of an emphasis on group projects and having a crew or, you know, at least having a little bit of delegation towards, you know, if you can get a DP, you should do that in high school. Um, And then, you know, we would try and play around with sound i think at that point i'm trying to remember when it was in high school but yeah we had the little zooms or at least yeah we did Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i think we had something like that and then um i know we were just starting to get cameras in and like more um experimenting with that so um whatever was available but there was definitely at least in terms of the junior senior um stories and the project level it was definitely more get a crew and collaborate instead of just i I have my one vision and like get out of your shell so yeah yeah i'm jealous of all the equipment you guys eventually got (laughs) because i didn't have a lot of that we still had camcorders yeah 
Yeah, we had yeah we had camcorders I think up until my senior year. But we were we were like I remember when we got the T series for Canon, everyone was like hype. SVA. So you obviously you picked the school. You yes. loved your experience. You just graduated yes. last May. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about the like specific classes, certain educators that really inspired you, and what that whole experience was. Because I haven't talked to you a lot about your college experience, but I'm curious, and I know there's other people from our program that have gone there. But I'm Mm -hmm. curious what it was like for you and did it pay off? I'm sure it did. But certain things that stick with you about the program in general and just classes, educators, et cetera. Yeah. Well, it definitely paid off. I think I was able to meet so many great people and get so many great opportunities. Um, The one thing that really sticks out to me is, like I just said, the people that I met. I met so many great, amazing, creative people that I love working with. Um, but also, as I mentioned earlier, it is just so hands-on, which was really important to me because, you know, in high school, as I said, I knew I wanted to do film and I was just so ready to jump into it. So I was just really prioritizing that hands-on experience and getting to write stories and make films. I mean, I made my first film by the end of the first semester, my freshman year. So by December, I already had one Hmm. film done which I really loved. And mm. it was just the same thing after that sem- semester, after semester, I was making films. Um, and then I was going to make another film in the spring, but that is unfortunately when COVID hit. But I was still able to make something at home. I had my parents act in it. It was fun. It was able to keep me busy while I was locked up. But yeah, each semester, I basically made a film, which was really great. Um, you were asking about administrators and professors. Yeah. So the first one that sticks out to me is definitely Stacy Herman. She taught line producing or she still teaches there. And I took her class my sophomore year and then I became her TA my junior and senior year. And <laughs> I love Stacy Herman so much. She is so caring about all of her students and what they're learning. And she is just such a big, big advocate for the process and her students and wanting to teach them as much as they can. So uh, her class was really great because I got to learn about brand new things like budgeting, strip boards, you know, making a proper schedule, all of these things that you wouldn't need to think about. Like, okay, you're making a film, so you're going to need a truck for all of your equipment. But when you're making your budget, you need a driver and you have to pay that driver and then you need gas. You got to pay for the gas and then you're going to go through tolls. So all these little things that I now always think about, but before her class, I never really thought about. So I'm still in touch with her today and she's such a great mentor to me. So definitely Stacy, love her. And then I also had a teacher, Jenna Ricker, who is a writer director and she was a big mentor for me with screenwriting, um, just making a clean script, being concise, having complex storytelling, all that stuff. So that was really great. I had George Lavu who taught directing and screenwriting. Same thing. He was a big advocate for just getting us hands on and making films and wanting us to be collabor- collaborative and having experience. So, yeah, those are the big three that come to mind. But honestly, every professor and mentor I've had or met there have definitely impacted me. Um, so besides directing, tell us a little bit about what else you've done on set. Like, I know you got into assistant directing a lot. So tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, I would say in junior year is when I started shifting more towards assistant directing. And I found that I really liked assembling things and planning something and seeing through with it while also collaborating with a director and a producer to make all of those visions come true. Well, come true. Yes. But, you know, (laughs) that they just happen. Um, so yeah, and I've just assistant directed one set and then another and then another. And I found that I really liked it, but I also thought I was decently good at it. Um, so yeah, decently. No, everyone was asking you after (laughs) you were really good at it. Thank you. But, um, yeah, so that is definitely what I gear towards now when I'm not writing or directing. I also just love being on set and being in that environment. It's such an adrenaline rush and I like starting a day and finishing a day and getting through everything that was planned and just collaborating with other creatives and 
really going through the whole process. So that's why I love assistant directing. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer ADing over directing, or is it because they're they're different in their own yes. ways? They're very different. They're but... very different, and you won't really find too many directors that also like assistant directing. Yeah. At least that's what I found. But I think my love and preference is still directing. But I do love assistant directing. Yeah, because directing, there's more of a like, I don't want to say there's not a creative aspect of ADing, but direction, it's all about the creative process, I right. feel like. And with AD, it's your, I don't, practical. Dic- yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I was going to yeah. say dictator, but that's not the right word. Yeah. But you're basically just like, ordering everyone around you're doing a lot if of you want to simplify yes it. <laughs> there's a lot more to it there's a more nuanced answer yeah. which i'm sure I you mean, can provide making sure everything happens and people are going through with all of their jobs and tasks at it's hand. more your job to make sure the set runs smoothly than it exactly. is the director the director's job is the creative aspect of what the finished product is going exactly be. i think obviously directing is a lot more creatively driven but as Stacy Herman would say with line producing, which I think would go right with assistant directing, is you have to be creatively logistic. Because you can't be just mm. logistic. You have to be creative about it. Like, mm. okay, we have these three shots, but we only have 10 minutes left of our day. How can we cram these three shots into one shot? That is something yeah. that I would have to think of. So I think having all of my director experience also helps with that greatly by you know figuring out where to put the camera to get the best angle of something to just get it done in 10 minutes. Yeah. You're a lot of like being the devil's advocate. Of, Definitely. You, know, you, you, you have to bring the bad news to people sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Just, but like if you don't give them the answers that they need, you might not make your days. So I think exactly. that is a very challenging role to take on in itself. But, it is very challenging. Yeah. And I've learned a lot through ADing. I've learned how when I'm given a script, if I'm like, okay, this is going to mm. be easier. Oh my God, this is going to be really hard. Um, so I've learned a lot through ADing, but I still love it. it hasn't uh, broken me down yet. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you're suited for it. I definitely think so. Thank you. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about something a little different. I'm very curious cause I've never heard this story, how you and Mr. Miller over there met. Mr. I know it was in high school. We yes. both, Zach and I both have met you in high school, but at very mm. different points. Right. So I'm curious. Yeah. Let's, um, tell me this story. Mm. Yeah. Take it away. Take it away. <laughs> well, um, so we definitely met through your boyfriend, Mikey Smith. Shout out Mikey Smith. Like my best friend. And, um, you know, we were making movies since we were in diapers at this point. It's like, it's just insane. The amount of like backyard Charlie Chaplin movies we were putting out, you know, in that way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there was, there was def. I don't know the exact movie or movie i can't remember you know? either so we we were just definitely making films and i think it was a, a culmination of him taking on um people in fpac mm-hmm. and then our paths crossed at some point and then and then you guys were dating and i was like oh yeah. okay i was like all right <laughs> hey man let's go all right <laughs> it was really funny because the movie that he was making at that time which is how i met him and you mm-hmm. He had heard through one of his other friends that I could do a little bit of special effects makeup, which I had Mm. a period of time Mm. where I was interested in that. (laughs) Obviously, I've strayed very much so away from that. But that's why he reached out to me because he needed blood or something or a cut. It was a good excuse for him to try and flirt with you. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was. (laughs) It worked. That's so interesting because I could I just never would have fixed you with someone who wanted to do like oh we were shooting each other with Nerf like guns you yeah know, they were like painted was, though they so were painted real. and this yeah. was what 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 year was this twenty sixteen so this was your yeah. this is my senior year. senior year senior year okay. definitely when I met you yeah yeah I was I know I was making films with him before that but way before yeah I, I mean yeah we definitely met each other because I remember meeting you before i went to college and all that oh 100 yeah. percent. i have yeah. vivid memories of like me and mikey'd be talking in the hallway and you would come up and like i'd be like who's this a, man yeah. who's this so. <laughs> very to get in the way of our film very, prote- very yeah. protective of the guy friendships in high school <laughs> i noticed like, is she good for you bro seriously <laughs> she good oh my god um something else that i know you guys do together with mikey as well too is like you guys have a really big love and appreciation for like traveling and hiking so i'm curious if that was something that you had before you had met mikey 
or if that was something that is just a separate this is a whole different topic but i'm just curious no, i okay. think it's super interesting well oh, yeah. I, I had always been super interested in traveling um and seeing like nature and new areas because for the longest time i'd never left the east coast and i think mikey also had never really left the east coast all that much you had been to I California. I my family to prior, California once. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, in 2020 is when we planned our big road trip. But yeah. then we didn't do it until the next year. Mm-hmm. So I think we were all mutually interested in traveling. And then we all just came together and started making plans to have trips. Yeah. We had, we had a bunch of people involved, but we, we ended up... Some people had to drop out for time scheduling reasons and yeah. stuff like that. But then the three of us... When we stuck with it. We stuck with it. We drove all the way across the country. We I lived this. vicariously through your Instagrams. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that that was me. I'm like sitting in my room like, yeah, guys, go get it. <laughs> you drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did it on 16 days. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we went coast to coast, did a giant horseshoe around America. We went to like, I don't even know the amount of national parks. We went to so many. Uh, like 12. <laughs> it was so many and and um but it was seriously one of i mean i, I can probably great. speak for everybody it was one of the best experiences i've ever had and definitely will ever have it's something that we would recommend to anybody but yeah completely that's mm-hmm. adorable <laughs> um all right so when i met you it was a much different time. Right. So when Zach met you, because you guys were in the same program together, mm-hmm. you were a freshman. Right. I met you when you were a senior. Yes. So um, I have I had conversations with Nap over the years and when I was a substitute teacher at Howell when I met you about how you like he got to see you just grow like every single year. So I had only not literally. Not literally. You're... <laughs> for, I'm really short for reference. <laughs> the camera does wonders. Yes, the right camera. Now. The it's camera's okay. making you six inches taller. Um, <laughs> but what drew me to to you initially as a creative was again like just your diligence, and I noticed that you. when you had originally told me that you were going into ading, I I thought it was like the perfect fit, but. I had met you because I was substituting for the acting teacher at the time. Right. And I actually taught your twin sister. Yes. Which was even funnier. And uh, we did a cross, basically a cross project between the actors and the filmmakers. So I got to spend time with you in the classroom and stuff like that. But in the years I've known you since then, it's it's just like remarkable to see how you've grown year after year. And, Thank you. And it's really true to say how different it is like zach was kind of alluding to like high school comparatively to college is just entirely different especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to this medium um so that was how i met you but what was um what was your initial what was your initial thought process in terms of applying to film schools because that's kind of a daunting thing in general Mm -hmm. as well so was there like a really big stressful aspect to that for you or were you just excited um both (laughs) i was very excited and very stressed um like i mentioned earlier i really wanted to prioritize hands-on experience which was harder to come by than i thought based off of i have friends that go to all different film schools and hearing their experiences is very interesting just to see how different film schools operate um but i knew i wanted to stay on the east coast relatively but i also wanted to go to a school with a good film reputation or reputation and had a good lineage so you know when i was discovering sba and i heard like some alumni from the program went there that's when i did more research and i was like oh this is kind of like a little hidden gem i feel like not a lot of people know about because it's a pretty small school um but yeah, that process was pretty stressful. I mean, going through all the applications and everything, but you know, it worked out. All right, let's talk about your film that's coming out soon. Yes. So uh, the film is called Homecoming. Yes. And I want to know the story about how you came up with the story in general and when you started on the process of making this film, which Zach worked on, by the way. Yes. If you Zach want to talk about your experience on it designer. as well. Yeah. An executive producer. Yeah. Well. You explain it. I don't, I don't want to. Now it's your turn to talk. It's your film. Yeah. Yes. So homecoming. So I first got the idea roughly in my junior year of college. So about two years ago, a little more than two years ago. And I 
love doing films that have a mystery component or a really good twist at the end you can't see coming. Um, I mean, some of my favorite movies are Gone Girl, Prisoners, you know, things that kind of followed those elements. So I knew I wanted to do something with that. But I tried to combine that with something that I found really important and really interesting and something that I think needs to be talked about a lot more, which is kind of missing women and human trafficking. Um, so I started doing a lot of research on that. And I was just really surprised and yeah, really just surprised on how little educated I was and how a lot of people are on that topic. So I thought combining that topic with my love for making mystery films would be a perfect idea. And that's kind of when I started to get the idea that I wanted to do a story about a girl who is essentially the epitome of an average high school teenager or maybe a little bit above average because she was like a star athlete and everything. So a story about her and she's gone missing because I really wanted to emphasize that anyone can go missing. No one is uh, not at liberty to go missing. Mm. So that is what the story is about. And that's how I got the idea. So I started writing the script in January or December of 2021, January 2022. And then I finished it in May of 2022. And then we started shooting in September of 2022. And we shot for mm -hmm. three days. Mm -hmm. But also explain that it's a um, it's a sequel to your first film or the the one that's a predecessor <laughs> yeah so um the year before all of this i made an eight minute short film called shopped which is essentially the prequel to homecoming it's much more low budget there's different actors in it but i really wanted to start developing the story of how the main character goes missing and then in homecoming the focus switches switches to the friend and how she's looking for her and it's basically a story about you know Yes, this average girl who no one thought would ever be taken or goes missing goes missing, but also how it affects all the people left behind. And there's also an element about forgetfulness because, you know, in social media, you'll see that this person's gone missing or this bad event happened. And then three days later, we're on to the next. Yeah, so there's definitely yeah. a scene in the film that kind of reflects that mentality that's been going on. Yeah, I love that the scene in the hallway you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's a great scene. Thank I love you. that. Um, in terms of that project in general, what was the hardest part for you? I know it's it's a there's so many aspects of production. Right. It can be you can say pre-production in general, production in general, post-production in general, or if you want to hone in on mm -hmm. one thing in particular. I mean, and then what was also the most fulfilling? Okay, so pre-production is obviously a beast in its own. It's really difficult, but it's a lot of time drawn out to have. I mean, it's never enough time, but you have a lot of time to do all of these things. I think the most challenging part was really filming it because, I mean, there's always obstacles and you can prepare for the worst and things that are even worse than the worst will still come. Like when we lost power in the house we were shooting in or when the car we were filming in died and we couldn't roll up the window anymore. So there's mm. always little things <laughs> like that that will be very challenging. Um, so I, I think shooting was definitely the most difficult part. If I had to pick one specific aspect of that, I would say probably the hallway scene because there was a lot of extras we had to gather and we were in a real school location. So securing that location was also another obstacle. And that was also the very first scene we shot of the film. Mm, wow. So yeah. that... <laughs> So it, it was a lot to do all at once. Um, so it was definitely the most challenging. But that might have also been the most fulfilling, um, doing that scene and seeing it in camera and how the frame filled up. It was really great. I loved filming that, no matter, even though it was really hard. But I think another component that was really fulfilling was the whole post-production process because as much as I love development and being on set, I do have this whole other part of me that loves post-production and just seeing a film through. Um, my editor, Joseph Rana, we are very parallel in the, in the editing room. We often joke that we share the same brain because we're always so aligned on what we like with certain cuts and everything. Mm. So that was a very fun process, seeing it come together. 
And then my sound engineer, Kevin Fan, he is really great in the sound room. He was able to bring in sound effects and isolate certain sounds. And he did a really fantastic job with this film. So post-production was a super fulfilling process. Yeah, they were, um, those guys were both great. On the yeah, film. they're yeah. the best. They were, and I'm, I'm glad I got to meet them through you, but they're, they're really good at their jobs. And I, I really noticed too how, you know, even though it was on paper, a student set, it didn't feel like it. Everyone was really good at their jobs Thank and you. everyone was firing on all cylinders. And yeah. I, I think that was another good thing that you and uh, Mikey did well was organizing a good collaborative team and encouraging a um, fruitful environment for everything to just go as smooth as possible. So when those kinks did happen, it, it just like it got evened out over time with yeah. the people that we had there. And um I also want to say something about your story for this one compared to the first, um, the first shopped was uh, a big setup and it was yeah. good with, you know, it was, it was a prequel, but with this one, it was nice how it focused on, um, more of the closure, you know, cause, uh, the, the other, um, lead Becca is not in the film right. really. So it's, it's more of how the protagonist has to come to terms with, with losing someone and, like you were saying, the effects that it has on the people around you. But I, I did like how you incorporated a very real world thing where people do pass off a tragic event mm -hmm. as like, all right, well, I can't do anything about that. So I'm just going to let it go. But this one character has to stick to her guns. And she's like, this, this is my best friend. Like, I'm not going to psychologically just let it go and right. pass her off. She's a person. So it, it's yeah. a very complicated topic because while the world keeps turning. It's as if for Drew, our main character, it stopped, but she's mm. in a world that's forced, that's forcing her to keep going. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was really well done. Thank you so much. But yeah. Cool. Um, I also wanted to ask about your experience on uh, working on professional sets because you have experience working on certain shows and, yes. and films and things like that. You don't have to talk about any bad experiences, <laughs> but I'm curious about a good experience or something that stood out to you that made you feel good about the industry you were in? Complicated mm -hmm. question for the time right now. Yeah. But yeah. If something definitely. sticks out and if it doesn't, then no, we can cut this. I mean, there, <laughs> I, I worked a while on power book Two ghost season three and my key PA made that such a great experience. She really trusted me in a lot of components and she made me be a better production assistant in so many ways. And by the time we got towards the end of the season, she basically promoted me to walkie PA, which I know to someone who doesn't know anything about this kind of sounds odd or nonsensical, but essentially the walkie PA is in charge of all of the walkie talkies, which is a kind of a mass operation in its own because there's a lot and you always have to facilitate them to new people on set or day players and you just got to keep track of all of it and if one gets lost fingers are pointed at you so it's kind of a big beast but it's also a position that's often seemed to be a step below the key production assistant which is obviously a really important role on set they're in charge of all of the PAs so when she entrusted me to be the walkie PA I was very nervous, but I was very excited and glad that she trusted me with that process. And um, so, yeah, that was great. But then also just being able to meet people on set and other production assistants and the AD department and like production designers, all of those people, it was really great. And it really shows you how big and small the industry is yeah um, so there's like a real sense of community i feel like when you're on a set definitely especially when it's a bigger show like this one and the crew is with each other for six to eight months at a time it's a very large sense of community yeah. which is great i was also gonna add to what you were saying of like you know how you took on a role that you're not familiar with yeah the disclaimer is for the film industry you're in trial by fire like it's a lot of situations true. <laughs> so it's good that you can take up a mantle um being new to a role you you're not very familiar with and you're able to run with it but it is very challenging to it's do something challenging and, then, and very scary yeah and, and you feel like um you know early on and people's careers you feel like you're leveraging your reputation so many times mm -hmm. because if you're like 
if I screw this up, I might not get work after this or something. Yeah. But there is this like if you're with good people at least and they understand that you're green and um, that you can, you know, work in your job and, and you're making an effort at least and you're, you're a kind person, then at least they create the environment where you can excel, even if you're not um, doing well at, at first, like you can always get better at it. So yeah. I think it's, it's a hard process, but you know, it's, it's good that you were able to take that up. So. Yeah. Thank you. And mm -hmm. what I learned is when you work on set, you are bound to make mistakes and fail and it's just a part of the process and yeah. being yelled at maybe here and there. It's, that's all part of the learning experience, but what makes you great at it is how you respond to it and how you can change and adapt. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely trial by fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the last film related question I wanted to ask you is uh, just in general, what do you think is the hardest part of production that you've been a part of so far in your experience? <sighs> well, while it's all quite difficult, um, the hardest part might just be development and pre-production because in that stages you're really still grasping the core of your story and making it the best it can be but you're also bringing on crew casting getting your locations all of that is definitely stressful and takes a really long time and you're going to get a lot of no's or you know all that stuff um but while I said earlier being on set is really difficult and really challenging, mm -hmm. at least all of those components are already in place. Um, so I think development, pre-production, that arena is definitely really challenging because mm -hmm. it, it, it can take a month or eight years. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I was just going to say to add to that is the limitations sometimes you're given when you're either working with budget or you're working yeah. with, you know, we can well sometimes you can only afford this location or you can only afford to shoot it in this time mm -hmm. um so you, it forces you to think more creatively and um there's a discipline in that and like it just gets you out of your comfort zone so i think that's yeah you know what to what you're saying too yeah the film industry is all about getting out of your comfort yeah. zone whether you like it or not <laughs> yeah you have to take risks yeah honestly um i want to ask you what are you currently watching right now in terms of film, television? Like, what are things that you're enjoying, things that inspire um, you? Well, I've been watching Ahsoka. Okay. Um, we are fans of Ahsoka on yes. this network. Love Ahsoka. Yes. But my real answer to the question is that I've been watching Rebels because I oh, never okay. got to watch it. Um, and as I'm watching Ahsoka, my dad keeps filling me in on everything. So now I'm like, okay, I just have to watch Rebels and I'm like sucked in. I'm in season two. So I love Rebels. Um, I just finished watching The Bear, which I uh, absolutely oh, love. We love The, the Bear. The Bear is great. Yeah. Um, Any films you've seen recently that have really struck a chord with you? Hmm. I recently watched um, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that won an award at a big festival last year. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah, it came out two years ago or mm -hmm. a year ago i think but i recently watched that and that was fantastic um the barbie movie obviously which is amazing mm -hmm. i know you guys are fans as yes. well <laughs> um i watched blue beetle recently okay i don't know if you saw that i saw blue beetle yeah i don't think anybody else in here did, okay i, I liked it i thought I it was fun I liked george it lopez made me laugh yeah. it was great. <laughs> he, did. he was great in it. <laughs> um is there anything you're uh reading right now that is Yes, I'm reading, uh, oh, I don't want to botch the title, Burn It Down by Maureen Ryan. Okay. And it's about... It's fiction? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's about the film industry right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, it's not okay. fiction. No, Sorry, so it's not I answered fiction. way no, too quickly. Okay, you did. I was like, you were confident in that. <laughs> no, it's... This um, is a nonfiction story, everyone. <laughs> Maureen Ryan is um, a former producer, I think. I think now she leans more towards writing um, and and journalism and that stuff. But she um, is, wrote this book very recently. It came out in June. Knapp actually recommended it to me. Um, and it's about the film industry in its current state and how she kind of wishes she could burn it all down and rebuild it from the ground up. I love well, I share yeah. the same sympathy. It's Seriously. really great. I'm almost done with yeah, it. Me too. I highly recommend That's it. That's awesome. And nice. then um, what are you listening to? Music and or podcasts? Oh, um, 
Music wise, my my favorite artist Briston Maroney has his new album releasing tonight. Actually, I haven't heard what? So, what's uh, what genre so of music is he? Uh, like indie. Okay. Indie yeah. Rock. Yeah, kind of indie rock. Too, yeah. 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 Okay. So I would definitely be listening to that tonight. <laughs> okay. And then I've been listening to uh, Joe P. I don't know if I know Joe P. He's more. He's also kind of indie rock. Okay. Um, same genre. Oh, okay. I thought that was podcast. Oh no no no. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I was thinking. Um, you know, I don't listen to too many podcasts. I'm definitely more of a music listener. <clears throat> the Cinema Way podcast. Oh well, uh, with the exception of yeah. Cinema Way, <laughs> of course. Thank you. Thank you. But I honestly have been looking for a new podcast or okay. a podcast to listen to. So if you have any it's recommendations, we own a podcast. We oh. do. Network. Zach, do you have a, do you have a recommendation? I have two that I know. Uh, of. Oh, of a network or a podcast. podcast? Oh no, well we know there's great network that's available <laughs> for you guys all to watch. But um, yeah. is there any podcast that you listen to that you want to recommend? I've been I've been um, breezing through the Roger Deakins podcast. Mm, classic, oh, classic. that's a great one. It has so much material. I think I've honestly like <laughs> i've learned more in that podcast than film school <laughs> Dude, I, I, like I love the i love the conversation like I, that's yeah. what i really appreciate about podcasts because yeah. if it's done the right way it mm. should feel like it's a very natural conversation between people and it, yeah. it feels like you're a fly on the wall deacon's podcast is yeah perfect it's for that every niche of filmmaking like you know producers writers actors directors design like everyone production everything so it, it really gives you every perspective on uh, working as a team, working as a unit, and then each in their own roles and stuff like that. But yeah, I have listened to a few episodes of his his podcast. Okay, and the, the two my two favorite podcasts uh, also run not run but like led by people who work in the industry. Very different vibes. One is Smartless. I don't know if you ever. Oh yes, um, Mikey actually is listening to okay. it, and my sister has also Smartless listened is great. to it. I yes. think I started it a year ago and I'm I've listened to every episode. Like I went yeah. back from when they started during COVID, and that's Jason Bateman, Will Arnett sean hayes and they just randomly like one of them knows who they're picking as their guest the other two don't know and yeah, then they yeah, just yeah. have a great conversation i've heard great things about that and one. then armchair expert which is hosted by dax shepherd do okay. you know dax shepherd mm-hmm. he's Kristen bell's husband but he's an actor too he's, he's not an actor it. anymore he was on parenthood okay um mm-hmm. and he was a co- comedic actor i'm trying to think like of big things he was you would in. definitely recognize him yeah you would recognize him if you saw him but yeah. his podcast is he interviews people too but it there are a lot of comedic moments because it's a natural conversation, but it deals a lot in trying to kind of make people like celebrities more human. Like it talks to them about their human experiences and like yeah. it's called armchair expert because it's kind of supposed to be treated as like a therapy session by a guy who's not a therapist. Oh, I like so this idea. It's, uh, I've that's never heard of that's this. a fun one too. Okay. So armchair expert and smartless are my recommendations. Great. Okay, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, are you ready to play a game? I guess so. Okay, let's play a game. <laughs> Right. Come on we're down. playing we have the cinephile cards again oh. everyone guys please cinephile sponsor us we love you so i'm gonna pull out a deck of these cards and you're gonna pick any card you want in here okay i'll spread them out take and whoever, you can take one okay. and then you're gonna say your favorite film that that actor or actress was in and your favorite role that they have played okay okay here we go don't look all right, Annie, read who you have. I have Bill Murray. <gasps> it's Bill Murray's birthday today when we're recording. It is. Happy yes, it is. Day. Happy 73rd, Bill Murray. So I want to know first what your favorite film is that he has appeared in. Hmm. He is a Wes Anderson guy. He's in Stan. almost every Wes Anderson He's film. He's been in a lot of movies. He has been. Oh, this, yeah. is, this is a tough one because I feel like when you get some of the actors or actresses that are have been in a lot it's harder to kind of think yeah i can help you out a little bit here i'll go to his page the first movie that jumps to my head is ghostbusters okay um Uh, that's a classic i I know i don't know if it's my favorite he's been in but it's probably the most iconic that's i would say so that or like groundhog day groundhog day those are the two that i feel like are probably his biggest roles so you're gonna go with ghostbusters we're gonna lock that in i'll go with ghostbusters okay your favorite role that he's ever had Hmm. It could be the same answer. No, I I, I have an answer. Um, he was in a, a Wes Anderson movie. It was like Wes Anderson's second or third movie. Um, Rushmore. Ye- Am I wrong? 
Jason yes. Schwartzman. Yes, believe. yes, it's Rushmore. Okay. Yes, his role in Rushmore. Okay, that's a that sticks out to me. Okay, but he also did a good job in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good answer. He was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, for Lost in Translation. Have you seen Lost in Translation? I haven't. You haven't? No. Liz, you love that movie. You really don't you? love it. Yeah, okay, I kind of figured. If Liz likes that movie, I have to watch it. Yeah, it is, it is very good. It is okay. very good. But I remember him getting, when he got nominated for it, he's like so against the word shows and shit. He was just yeah. like, I don't even want to go. Uh, but it was, uh, that was um, Sofia Coppola, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was one of Liz's favorite filmmakers. I'll have to watch Shout it. out producer Liz today. Hey. hey. Liz is not camera. Um, okay, so let's do another one. Okay. All right, read it out loud. Who do we got? Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Uh, Another good one. Laura Dern appeared in Common Ground, which we just saw at Indie Street Film Festival. She's also great. No, this can also be, just because this popped up in my head, it could also be a television show. Okay. Like, if that's a thing. Like, for me, I just thought of her role in um, Big Little Lies. I think she's great mm-hmm. in that. But, um... I can't. So you're. Let's go with again your favorite movie that she's been in. Another one that she's been in so many fucking movies. Mm. And her, I feel like her her filmography is even more diversified. Yeah, like she's been yeah. in so many yeah. different kinds of things. I mean, Jurassic Park. Maybe. That's, yeah, that's a solid answer. That's yeah. a good one. We'll not um, disagree. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I also liked her role in Marriage Story. I was gonna say yep. that. She was yeah. really good. Marriage Story is so good. I think she was. She was nominated for Marriage Story. Wasn't um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm sure, pretty she sure she was. Won the Oscar. Did she win oh, the Oscar? She might have. Did she win? Yeah, she I did. Won one Oscar. Oh wow! Thank you, IMDb. We appreciate you. Also sponsor us Lord if you're watching. Um, yeah, she's awesome. So you're gonna go favorite role, Marriage Story, favorite movie she's been in, Jurassic Park. Yeah. All right, a little round of applause for Annie. Yeah. Round of applause for Laura Dern. Laura and Bill Murray. Uh, Happy birthday, sure. Bill Murray. All right, so thank you, Annie, for coming on this episode of Jersey's Finest. We just played a fun round of Cinephile with you, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to plug your socials, tell people about where they can see Homecoming eventually, when it does come out, when it's coming out, and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. and how many uh, how many festivals has it been in so far? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, talk about that. It's doing well. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Absolutely. Um, my Instagram is at Annie Fleisch, just my name, and I'll definitely post updates there when the film is available. It'll probably be early spring. 2024 um so far the film has been accepted into three festivals um there's a lot more pending so fingers are crossed Mm. but yeah everything will be updated on my social media awesome well thank you guys again for tuning into this episode if you're watching on youtube or you guys are listening on spotify or apple podcast just signing off i am darian scalamoni i'm zach miller thanks for coming in and we appreciate your time and i'm annie fleisch